the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Good day, good day. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. How are you doing? We're talking money, investing, and more. Hold on. Password got changed on me. That's right, Jack. Right, Jack. T. So, what a crazy week, huh? This is a week, and if we could call it a week and a Friday, six business days. So last Friday, we started seeing volatility really spike up. And last year, the number one trade was, let's go long the market and let's short volatility. There's no volatility. Everything's just kind of slowly going up. And shorting volatility is just a weird thought real quick. That's kind of like a made-up product because you don't buy volatility. It's like, let's um, go long passion. I have a new girlfriend. Let's go long passion. You, you, there's no bet. There's, there's no way really, but on wall street, you could actually judge volatility. You could judge like, um, betas and alphas, um, of a stock of a stock index and such. So things changed, uh, pretty dramatically. We had a year that it went up slowly, but surely, and there was no volatility. And then suddenly there was some volatility and, um, I think that's to be mentioned. I think that's to be noted. I think that's to be said. So this has been a week of deleveraging. When you make a bet long the market, short volatility, you don't actually buy long the market. What you do is you buy futures that say, I think the market's going to go higher. And then when it starts to deleverage, you have to sell real stuff. And that's not easy to do when you're down 400, 500, 600, 700, 800, 900. Because you're like, ooh, when do I pull the trigger? That kind of momentum is very, very tough to pull the trigger on. Well, there's been some margin calls and things along those lines. So we didn't really have anything change. Yes, we have got the 10-year treasury um, moving higher. And that is a story for 2018. It started in 2017, and we kind of ignored it. It was still pretty darn low. Now it's getting to the point where... 
the bond market's starting to say, you know what? We got some bonds that are yielding low. Now that now we can get a little bit more return. So let's sell the ones that are low. So there's kind of a shift going on there. Um, 10-year treasury sits at 2.85%. It's going to three. I hope it goes to three over the year and not over the week, because over the week it causes too many people to get consternation. And uh, not constipation, but consternation. But this market was kind of constipated. It hadn't had a blowout on the downside in a while. And then when it did, it wasn't a pretty scene. So today we deal again with the markets. And yesterday was a down day. And today is an up day. And this is big round numbers, 160 points. And you're like, woo, 160. That's not that much. It's three quarters of 1%. Stock market participants looking for a reprieve from the selling pressure didn't get any on Thursday. We're getting it today. This should be about the winding down of the of the crazy deleveraging of volatility. It, this, should, this should end this week. It, it, bottoms aren't made in one day. You have to go through like four, five, six days of selling, of letting people have that opportunity to get out. It's, you know, a calm and orderly fashion of the door. It's supposed to be. Major indices cascaded lower yesterday in unison. Once again, it was like, oh, here we go again. Russell 2000 down 2.9%. Dow Jones Industrial Average down 4.2%. Part of the problem was rooted in the expectation the stock market would bounce back and that it was already over. That we had our bad Friday and Monday, and that by Thursday it should be over. But no, Thursday, um, it's like Friday the 13th. You know, you think he's down. You've hit Jason in the head with a baseball bat. You're hugging your boyfriend. And then, uh, machete goes through his chest. <laughs> it's been a bit of a nightmare for people. I love it. I love a good roller coaster. I love a good, good um, horror movie. Well, the horror movies, I don't really like the torture porn, is what they call it, where it's like, let's show someone's finger getting spliced open and then you know, having to pick at the bone. It's like, too much for me. I don't need to pick at the bone. If you want someone jumping out from behind a corner, that's fine. But anyway, now I'm totally digressing. Part of the problem um, yesterday was we all thought it was going to bounce back. And then there was that nightmare one last time Jason gets up and we hit him in the head with a shovel. Now he's down for good, right? Don't turn your back. Uh-oh, she turned her back, and now the body's missing. So what happened? Was it all a dream? So there's a de-risking going on right now tied towards volatility. Every sector has been caught up in it, um, as with every pocket of the market, from small caps to mid caps to large caps to mega caps. Everything's getting hit because when you go long the market, you're going long small caps, mid caps, large caps. You're going long the S&P 500. There was probably some forced liquidation, which is probably the most humiliating thing I could ever say. When I was 18 years old, I bought a stock, and then I bought another stock on margin, because the, Wall Street lets you like borrow against your own assets. Uh, but you have to pay it back, and there's interest uh, rate on it. And when the market goes down, they force you to sell it quickly. And like, oh. And then you have to sell your original position, too. Oh. Getting that call from the forced liquidation desk embarrassing there's a lot to pick and choose from in terms of what was behind thursday's selling but again it's basically a culmination in my opinion of you know uh january was glorious 2017 was glorious 2000 uh february not so glorious the overall last 15 months glorious 
That's why I, I, I hate doing a show where I give stock market numbers every day. I hate it because I don't want you focused in on that. But I'm pretty comfortable right now. China Shanghai composite fell 4.1%. All of uh, major European markets are down, but but less, eight tenths of a percent down to 1.2%. The opening move for major stocks uh, was positive today. Speaking of of positive, and I don't know if this is positive because I'm a little pissed off. And you don't hear me talk politics very often, but Congress voted to pass a budget plan that would boost spending by approximately $300 billion over the next two years. Provide an additional $90 billion for disaster aid and extend the debt ceiling until 2019. So it's a two-year budget, so we don't have to go through this again for two years. But, man, the Republicans gave Obama a lot of flack about deficits. And then when it's their turn to be president, it's like, woo let's run up the deficit spending. Um, it just doesn't seem fair that my children's children are being punished. With I know what's good and bad. A lot of debt in the future so that these congressmen could... Go back to their constituents and say, look what I did for you. I got extra money. I got extra money. I borrowed from your grandchildren. Whoops, I'm not allowed to say that out loud. Um, so it's good for the stock market and bond markets to know the debt ceiling drama will be avoided for quite a while. The deal doesn't change the market's understanding of the budget deficit and the national debt will be increasing as a result of the budget agreement. And um, I don't have anxiety tied towards the national debt. But if you ever look at the national debt clock in Times Square... It's pretty upsetting. So stock market is desperately seeking some type of foundational basis to extinguish the brush fire of selling interest. Um, do Is today the day where we don't whoosh down at all? Or during a commercial break, do I have to come back and tell you, look, we're down, you know, we're up 200 now, we're down to break even. We want to see a slow, steady path of buyers to say this is the bottom. So we've seen record outflows from stocks this week, and that's good. you got to have some losers to make me, the winner, look better. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. I need something for protection. Maybe flood some junk would do just fine. The jets I'm sunk, I'm left behind. I'm treading for my life. Believe me, how can I keep up this breathing? Not knowing how to think. Does it feel like letting go? Making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Life under 20 was pretty good. You didn't have a lot of commitments. You didn't have a lot of things to think about or worry about. Sadly, that's changed today with social media. The suicide rates amongst young teenage girls is spiking. The... You should be taking a sexy selfie is normal, and it's putting a lot of pressure on kids, both male and female, but particularly females. Things have changed. When I was under 20, it was the best time of my life. Then you hit 20, and you start going to college, and you're like, what do I need to do when I grow up? And, whoa, I just got a bill for $10,000 tuition. Whoa. I just, you know, I got to figure out how to pay my own rent. Whoa. Um, whoa. So in your 20s, things start taking on a different pressure. Then in your 30s, when you have kids. It weighs on you. It's heavy. It hurts. You want to do the best you can. Some people do. Some people don't care. They just are like, kids are accessories. 
I really think that America should institute a policy. If you make me president of the United States, I will make people get licenses before they have kids. I will kill anyone who sends spam or junk email. Put them in an electric chair on Friday Night Lights. Those are my two platforms. No more junk email. And you need a license not to get married. Any fool can get married. You need a license to have a kid. People under 35 have about $1,580 saved. That's not enough. Americans making between $70,000 and $115,000 have about $5,400 saved. That's not enough. I was talking with a young man yesterday who's 30. And I'm like, how much you got saved for the future? He's got eh, $3,000, $4,000. He didn't know if it was $3,000 or $4,000. And he goes, yeah, sometimes I, I kind of rate it and use it for other things. I'm like, oh, you're killing me. You are like butter in my heart. You are giving me a heart attack. Did Olivia Newton John sing a song called Heart Attack? I seem to remember off the physical album. I'll look. Anyway, um, men tend to save way more than women 7,000 versus 2,000. White, non Hispanic, 7,100. Black, 1,000. Hispanic, 1,500. You have to have an emergency fund. You have to, like, there's so many components of living life right now. One of the components, in my opinion, is saving for retirement. When you see our government spend money like the way they're spending it, you got to start thinking about what are you going to do in retirement. And if I was this guy who was 30 years old, I'm living in Austin, Texas. And he's like, I don't want to live in Austin, Texas. I'm like, there are women in Austin, Texas. And there are bartending jobs in Austin, Texas, and you could actually save more money bartending in Austin, Texas, because you're going to make about the same in tips. But the cost of living is two-thirds less. So it's not like Austin, Texas is like a a prison for men. But it could be Phoenix. It could be Flagstaff. It could be... There's so many places you can move to. People are leaving Silicon Valley nearly as quickly as they're coming in. This is something we've been talking about. Got Tony Mendez here from BayAreaLoanSource.com. Hello. Clients are moving to Colorado, Idaho, Texas, Florida, North Carolina, and other states. Typical client for this one realtor has been in their home for decades and no longer feels connected to the changing community. Wow. I honestly feel that myself in eight years. I, I, I went from living in a town with plumbers and electricians to they're all dot-commers. I'm not a dot-commer, so I'm a media guy, and... It just didn't work. It's not working for me. I'm not really feeling connected. It's, it, I think this is a theme that will play out for um, years to come where people are trying to figure out, you know, they're getting older. Where are we going to retire? Is it too expensive to retire here? Is all of our money tied up in the house? Uh, we have a couple that we just uh, did a transaction for where they, before they moved, they refinanced their house, took a bunch of cash out, kept the house, moved to Colorado and retired in Colorado. And they were two policemen that worked here in the Bay Area, and they live on a smaller pension that fits their budget in Colorado. Um, But I think that is one of the strange phenomenon that I think we're going to see is people keeping their houses here because the rents are so high, and you can manage a mortgage. You can actually profit from uh, the high rents here. So where's the inventory to come from? Where is it going to come from is, I think, a big question that we're going to see, even with rates going up and home prices going up, I think the low inventory will continue driving prices. 
uh, and people will still be have that. They'll see that as an allure towards real estate here. Are you ever going to let me talk? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with the uh, mortgage thing, because I got that going on in my life where I've got a low cost mortgage. And now, quite frankly, there's higher cost mortgages and my low cost mortgage makes it even better. It just got a little bit better. Um, tougher to compete with me. And I can make a little bit more money than the guy who's trying to become a landlord now. So that's going on out there. Um, some people are selling their homes now in Bitcoin. Has anyone brought that up to you? No. They want Bitcoin because the millennials think that Bitcoin's going to 100000 So some people are saying, give me Bitcoin now because I'll get appreciation on top of selling what I sold you the house for. Um, so that's out there. Would you buy? Would you let somebody pay you in Bitcoin for your house? No. Yeah. So, um, but that's neither here nor there because the show's not about me. Why are you always making it about you? I made it about you. Oh, you're fine. Eight hundred five one six. Me, and it always has been. So buying a home right now, I think all the rules of buying a home are, are out on the peninsula. They're out the window. But they're not out, like if you're looking at Lafayette or Tahoe, you still want to do the home inspection. You still want to find a good realtor. You still want to, you know, get close to good schools. Yeah, um, I think, I think. are you talking about like contingencies? You, you're going in, all in. I'm, I want this house. I don't care if it's crooked, it's flooding. I want this house. This is what you're going to have to pay for it. Right. Yeah. It, it's The contingencies have gone. A lot of, we've, we've gone from no loan contingency, no appraisal contingency, and now it's, you know, if you get an inspection, there's something wrong. The, the sellers aren't even doing concessions on it. They're just doing that for full disclosure. Uh, cracked foundation, fine. Here, $50,000? Sure. I'm still selling the house at one point four, And that's because I have a full as-is offer right behind you. And that's what we're getting. We're getting that in a lot of the $1 to $1.5 million range because they're extremely desirable right now. And that's the step-up level for most people in the Bay Area, going from like a of a three and one to a four and two or two and one to a three and two. We're seeing a lot of that where that part of the market is still very healthy. I was looking at a East Bay city that is pretty desirable to me. Lafayette, uh, Miranda, uh, La Miranda. Yeah. Lafayette, uh, Miranda, um, that whole area over there, Moraga, a three bedroom is going to cost you 1.2 million. A four bedroom is going to go 1.5. So it's almost like, that fourth room is 300000 Yep. And I saw it consistently enough. I was like, got it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting what you get for your money, isn't it? So you can find Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. When you're buying a home, I still want to use my eyeballs and look for cracks and look for windows and quality. Some people don't. Some people want as is. I'm still looking for quality, and I'll be patient. You can find Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. He does my mortgages. He's good at what he does. You can meet him at the March 8th seminar. Um, where it's going to be wealth and income strategies in retirement. A um, little bit more information can be found on that at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Use the code radio25 to get in for free. It's in Foster City at the Crown Plaza.
always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing in retirement. My goal is to get you enough money so that you can have a nice retirement. And it's funny, I used to think a million dollars was a lot of money. Remember when you were a kid and you're like, ah, millionaires. Now it's, you better be a multimillionaire before you hit retirement. And what the federal government's doing with the budget, I, I think we're, there's a quote out there by someone today that the next recession is going to be the greatest recession of his lifetime. I, I kind of agree with that. We are just nations around the world are just stacking on debt after debt after debt after debt. And they're just printing money. I'm a little concerned. Again, not for me. I'll be fine. Concerned about future generations for sure. Concerned for that 30-year-old bartender who served me yesterday. Some delicious meatballs um, with a nice, nice tomato sauce. Like, he's living with his mom. Like, he didn't get to do what I did and move to the West Coast and have a dream and follow it and work hard and work even harder. Uh, I'm not calling him a slacker because I don't think he is. I just don't think there's as many opportunities, and I think opportunities will become fewer and farther between. Fifteen cities right now where over-demand for housing is ruling the housing market. Buyers in the best position to buy a home typically have a mortgage financing in place, a credit score above 680, and a down payment of at least 15%. Now, San Francisco and San Jose have an oversaturation of buyers. And they're all qualified because they're using stock options and they're using cash. The share of buyers who shop for a mortgage before they find out the house that they want. It's more appealing to sellers when they know that you're pre-approved. I think it's really, really important that if you think you're going to be buying a home, that you get pre-approved. That's something Tony will do. Tony Mendez with BayAreaLoanSource.com. You want to get as much of a down payment together as you can because this is the competition. This is Darwinianism. This is the the fish that has feet versus the fish that flops on land. Flipper. Come on land and buy a home. The percentage of buyers who have a credit score above 680 super, super important. The most competitive cities right now, number 15, Las Vegas. Then you jump to Madison, Wisconsin. Madison, Wisconsin is not a bad way to live. I know someone from Madison, Wisconsin, but it ain't for me. Yeah. You have to be a Packer fan. You have to know the greatest Packer of all time. It was probably Brett Favre. Maybe Bart Starr. You have to like cheese. Your earlobes have to be attached to your head. Yeah, you're, that's a good one. You're still out of the water, but not far. Number 13, most competitive markets right now. Phoenix, Arizona. Number 12, Boise, Idaho. You like cold and snow? You can get a home there. Baston, very competitive. Sacramento, California, which I love downtown Sacramento, but the rest of it is the armpit of California. The armpit of California extends from Stockton to just outside the the downtown of Sacramento. Portland, Oregon, super hot, super sexy right now. Number nine on the list, Honolulu, Hawaii. Honolulu, come to Hawaii and we will overcharge you for everything you buy. It'll be a $15 margarita. Oh, no, but we don't do margaritas. <laughs> It'll be a $15 virgin strawberry daiquiri that the Hawaiian gods made themselves with fire from volcanoes. Seattle, Washington, number seven on the list. 
Number six, Los Angeles, California. Number five, Ventura, California. I like Ventura. It's nice and calm, but super competitive. And everyone's moving from the hills to the water. San Diego, California. I think San Diego is the last California city on the coast that's still slightly affordable. As far as, you know, you can have a reasonable salary like a teacher. Denver, Colorado, number three on the list. Number two on the list, San Jose, California, and the most unreasonable, most competitive market in the United States. Sam Clams Disco. There was a punchline. There was a joke from my childhood, and the punchline was Sam Clams Disco. I don't remember the joke, and I hope it's not dirty. Because there was another joke from my childhood, and the punchline was lickety split, and that one I know was dirty. Hey, come get on an authentic trolley car and have a homeless person poop on you. Welcome to San Francisco, the city by the bay, the city so snobby. We don't even call it San Francisco. We call it the city. What do you think, Tony? I think you named some pretty interesting cities there. Anything jump out to you as like competition? San Diego. Um, A lot of people are, uh, we have a lot of people inquire about San Diego. Uh, Sacramento, certainly. Uh, more on the investment side, I think a lot of people back in 15, 16, and 17 saw that as uh, a big migration of people moving there. Uh, not only because there's land and you know, it's a little bit cheaper, but uh, because a lot more people are, are working remotely from home. And they go, I can buy a house there or I can rent cheaper there and I can work or commute into San Francisco. And uh, it started making a lot of sense. Um, Seattle, definitely. That was the, that's was the that been the hottest city for the last couple of years. I expect that to continue growing. Um, Seattle's got a, a you know established infrastructure. The jobs are there. Uh, it's you know double digit returns on in on um, real estate values for the last three or four years. It's fantastic. I like Portland as well. Seattle needs more minions though. More minions. They need more minions. More. Um, well, they already have the super evil bad Very guy. Very funny. Jeff Bezos. <laughs> they need minions. He's gonna put an ad. Come to Seattle and be a minion. Growing Microsoft all in that area. Yeah. Yep. So the whole area is growing. Yeah. It's tough, though. Traffic in Seattle is brutal. Something I was doing and some interesting research on, and tell me what your thoughts are on this. Buying a rental property in the winter, you get your property for about 6.6% less per square foot. So like right now, if you wanted to buy a rental property, say in Tahoe, um, that no one wants to rent it. During the, no one wants to sell in the winter. Um, or if you want to buy a rental home that you're going to put in like San Carlos, you're going to hate that. I know this stat, but, uh, if you rent during the winter, you get a 3.5% on average discount. So start your leases in the winter. Okay. But if you buy in the winter and you want to turn it into a rental, you might get 3.5% less. If you start that lease, you know, in January, most of my rental properties, they typically go basically spring to spring. That, which is the right time. Which is the time where people are shopping the most. Mm-hmm. So buying a rental property now, um, you know. It might make more sense. You, sellers are going to be much more motivated. They are. And then you close somewhere 30, 50 days later, you get the renter in there and you're done. So what do you think about buying a rental at this point in time in some of these more affordable markets uh, like I think it's Charlotte? Great uh, idea. Uh, I think that if if you are this used the teacher, for example, and they haven't saved a ton of money enough for a down payment, 20% in the Bay Area, and they're looking at a median price in Alameda County, for example, which is 835000 that $50,000 doesn't quite cut it for you here. Go to North Carolina. Go to 
Reno, go to Sacramento, go to a place and get into real estate. A lot of people forget that you don't have to, you can own real estate, but you don't have to live in the property that you own. Right. Now you own some uh, rental properties and Mm -hmm. you use property management. Yep. I own rental properties and I use property management. Yep. Um, I own some stuff on the East Coast. Like I want to buy right now in Atlanta. The average home in Atlanta is $110,000. It's called the Bangalore of the South um, because they got low labor, low cheap labor. It's not because they have a heavy Indian population. It's it's cheap labor. Um, Amazon's rumored to be going there. Everyone's rumored to be going there. It's a sexy city because they've got a lot of colleges and they've got a labor force. Yeah, 250, 300,000, you get a four-bedroom house, brick, maybe on two acres. Uh, it's appealing to a lot of people. And yet some of these workers will need places to rent as they start yep. their young careers and they come out of college. And they work for Amazon or someone like that. Uh, they shouldn't be buying houses. They should be figuring out their career and where they're going to settle down and find a spouse and make babies. And then they should buy the house. Um, I think if you're West, you kind of want, there are, there are opportunities in the West. Uh, I think it's a big trip. Uh, you know, and it's, that's the kicker. I'm talking about if you do Atlanta, if you don't get property yeah. management, you're crazy. Yeah. You, it's if, too far. Um, if you are a new investor, I, I'd always say at least know the city that you're buying in. Uh, yeah. Maybe have family there that can help you out. Um, you, maybe you went to college there. Maybe you spent a year or two there living and working. Um, maybe you moved to California from Atlanta. You know what city I would not buy a rental in? Let's see. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ESP it to you. I'm going to ESP it to you. Ready? You've already bashed Stockton, so I'm going to no, say. <laughs> they might have just won a Super Bowl. Oh, in Philly? I would never buy a property in Philly. Those people are monsters. Did you see some Harry, of the, Harry monsters? Did you see some of those YouTube videos of them celebrating? Mm-hmm. First and foremost, they'll start a fight with Santa Claus. If you wear a jersey to their stadium, it's a death wish. It's a death. You're going to get spit on. Yep. So after the, after they won the Super Bowl, there's a video on YouTube, and I'll show it to you later. It's the most disgusting thing ever. Turn off your radio right now if you don't want to hear it. I'll give you three seconds, two seconds, one second. Well, wait. They hit a horse. You've seen them hit horses, right? <laughs> after the celebration. Guys, have two two horses have been hit on police officers. Um, with the, they punched a horse in the head. So there's this one guy. Crowd is celebrating the Super Bowl victory. And a horse drops poop on the ground. Guy picks it up. Crowd starts chanting, eat it, oh, eat no. it, eat it. Ah! How drunk do you have to be? <laughs> like, I think he could pro- <laughs> probably die from that, right? <laughs> yeah, you can turn your radio back on. <laughs> That is not appropriate behavior. Okay? <laughs> it's the worst thing. <laughs> you guys can't see it, but Rob is actually looking physically ill from that. I would never buy a rental property in Philly. Those people are <laughs> monsters. What if they win the World Series? What if they get like a second championship in football? Buy a farm. They're going to burn buy the a city farmhouse. Down. You can have as much poop you can eat. <laughs> That's too much. Free, free you've poop crossed, with your you've rental. You've crossed the line. Free poop with your rental. Big seminar coming up. Retirement Income Strategies and Estate Planning Seminar in Crown Plaza in Foster City, March 8th, 630 to 8.30. This is a volatile market right now. You want more information, especially if you're heading towards retirement. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me on Rob Black's show. You can use the code RADIO25 to sign in for free. <laughs> Season three will be a great reason to forget all about reality's a slippery slope. Watch the TV screen and shout. I don't care for your paranoia. Us against them fearful kind of walls. 
I don't care for your careless Me first, give me, give me appetite at all Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW So yesterday I did a big Facebook Live update I thought it warranted it with another crazy day I like to get to doing that three to five times a week. I think it's a great way to distribute content without having to drive and put on a suit. Yes, I did the update topless, like the guy from Tonga, well-oiled up. Very funny. Okay, I didn't, but you get the idea. Um, With that said, what else do I want to throw out there at you? Um, Valentine's Day is coming up. I have no advice on that. I've blown that one so many times. If running and hiding in a cave for 24 hours is an option, let it be an option. Dilly dilly is what I have to say about that. Um, Olympics. You know, the Olympics, it's strange. A lot of horrible things happened during the Olympics. Uh, Bear Stearns and Lehman Brothers went out of business. Um, The Greek disaster where they basically devalued um, during the Olympics. And is it, it's just a coincidence. There's nothing there, right? You got to tell me there's nothing there. NBC is going wall-to-wall coverage. With a very, very Caucasian sporting event, the Winter Olympics. Shani Davis, speed skater's upset <clears throat> that he doesn't get to carry the flag. He happens to be African-American. They decided who got to carry the flag by a coin toss, and he's like, yeah, yeah, so much for this Black History Month thing. America had a chance to do it right at the Olympics, giving an African-American athlete a flag. Come on, you can do better than that. And they got to give it to someone else. They just, I just, I get Michael Phelps, but Michael Phelps isn't in the Winter Olympics. I get it. Um, Shani Davis is an Olympian gold medal winner, uh, multi-times. Give the guy the flag. So, anyway, I'm about olympic out already. <laughs> it hasn't even started. I watched it a little bit last night. Oh, my God, the guy from San Jose, he fell. Oh, he was our best chance. You've got to be kidding me. I know, I know. I watched men dance on ice last night. It's embarrassing to admit, but yes. That's terrible. And I'm already burned out, like I said. So there's a depreciating dollar. And if there looks like any smoking guns out there in the last year, as our economy was improving, our dollar should have got stronger and it was getting weaker. Relative strong U.S. yields are not lifting the falling dollar. Investors are ditching the dollar, favoring emerging market yields and global equities. The dollar downturn, it may soon reverse because of the strength of the U.S. economy that's expected from the tax cuts. U.S. dollars index slide to three-year lows has caught many off guard, playing out despite interest rate differentials favoring the greenback. So there's stronger global risk appetite going on right now. And that could be the smoking gun that we should have noticed was a bit of a problem out there. Goldman Sachs is trying to build a portal, which is actually pretty darn cool. Goldman Sachs is 150 years old. They're trying to build a portal for the average man. Now, 20 years ago, if I were to tell you Goldman Sachs were to try to reach out to Main Street, it's laughable. Like, their clients started at a million plus dollars. But the bank has been rapidly expanding services for Main Street consumers in the past two years under its Marcus brand. 
The bank was reported to be in talks with a company called Clarity Money, which is a startup that uses artificial intelligence to help you cancel unwanted subscriptions, stay under budget, and keep on top of your investments. Subscriptions are killing people. I'll tell you, man. It's, you know, on my phone, I'm like, ooh, I'm going to get the crossword puzzle subscription. And then it automatically keeps you in. Ooh, I'm going to get the meditation subscription. It's just 50 bucks for a year. That's not bad. I, I like to meditate at night when I'm falling asleep. And then I'm going to get cable TV subscription. And then I forget, oh, I forgot to cancel the New York Times one. I don't use that one anymore. So having a app go through and tell you, it takes a look at your credit cards and says, oh, you've got recurring things. And uh, it'll help you cancel it for you. Yeah, that's a good one. It is a good one. Um, so the bank's trying, Goldman Sachs is trying to do something for the masses. And I think that's a good thing because there's been a lot of these startups, whether it be Robinhood or Acorn, or um, who else am I trying to learn best? Uh, Betterment. They can solve some problems, but not all problems. And Goldman Sachs is trying to take a bigger picture for people. Um, and they're going to expand very, very quickly when they pull this off. So keep in mind, uh, Goldman Sachs has already put together some advertisements for the Marcus platform, where it's looking at your credit cards and issues along those lines. For instance... I was looking at my credit card the other day, and I saw one charge for twenty three forty five, and then there was another charge just a couple seconds later for twenty six forty five from the same company. So I must have got like another soda or something. They just they they didn't wipe out the first one. I got charged twice, uh, the twenty three and the twenty six. So I got charged forty nine dollars for what should have been twenty six dollars. You following that? And it takes a little artificial intelligence to figure that out or a little intelligence of actually looking at your credit cards. So, I don't know. I think that's out there. I think that's worthy of note. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Taking a look at the markets. We have had a roller coaster of a week. I'm calling for my own music. Um, S&P 500, it's moving into the red. The Dow, it's moving towards the red. The NASDAQ, it's moving towards the red. Now, does that mean we're going down for the day? I don't know. No one really has a good idea on that. What I can tell you is have a plan, have an idea, have a budget. Someone asked me, is now a good time to buy stocks? You know what my answer is? I buy stocks every two weeks in my 401k. If I thought I I knew that it was going to be better in the first half of the year than the second half of the year, I'd load up that direction. The economy's okay. The job market's okay. The mortgage market, it's been tough to get a mortgage for the last eight, nine years. We're not going to see a mortgage implosion like we did last time. This is not going to be that bad. I do not predict a recession yet. We'll see if something blows up other than volatility tools. Those should be pretty limited. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Find me on the line at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.